It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, and you are listening to a Locked On Spurs with Jeff Garcia. It's morphin' time. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs, right here on the Locked On Podcasting Network, and I'm your host, Jeff Garcia. Your San Antonio Spurs are uh, still finding the way through the uh, offseason, but good news is the light is at the end of the tunnel now, and uh, it's shining bright. Uh, the offseason will be ending very soon, and maybe less than a month, and your San Antonio Spurs will be back in action, and I know you cannot wait. But considering this is the offseason, I figure what better way to connect with the fans than to do another fan spotlight uh, locked on Spurs. As you know, I've done a few in this past offseason. Kind of trailed off a bit simply because there's really been not much to talk about. But with the season starting to ramp up a little bit, uh, there are a few things that fans are talking about, uh, again, with the 2019-20 season right around the corner. So who's going to get the spotlight today? None other than Manny Pena of The Goods Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at The Goods Podcast. Manny, welcome to Lockdown Spurs, your very first ever fan spotlight. It, it's an honor. It's absolutely an honor and a pleasure to uh, to be on this. Absolutely. And unlike the Goods Podcast uh, video show, uh, I won't call you out on the fly like you did to me. So <laughs> I won't do that to you as you did that to me until I'm watching one of your shows and I go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He just called me out for my opinion on some Star Wars stuff. But um, tell us a little bit about the Goods Podcast before we kick into some Spurs uh, info. Uh, well, the, the Goods Podcast, uh, my partner Terrence and I created it uh, back in uh, 2015. Uh, cover pretty much everything from, uh, you know, movies, TVs, comics, everything uh, as far as pop culture goes. Um, we've uh, been on already going on five, four years, four or five years already, and uh, we're, our anniversary is coming up in October pretty soon. So uh, just had a few milestones uh, as far as uh, – passing 100 episodes we're over 100 now uh different different shows that we uh, do as in you know top fives uh crazy stories in wtf uh, just uh, all sorts of uh 
all sorts of uh, different things. And, and of course, your favorite rule of two, which the original rule <laughs> of two before before Collider took it, but uh, a rule of two where we talk all Star Wars. So it, it's it's a pretty good time. There you go. And make sure to follow uh, Manny and the Goods Podcast on Twitter at the Goods Podcast. All right, so Manny, uh, what I like to do during these fan uh, spotlights is simply just give a fan of the San Antonio Spurs their chance to voice their opinion on a couple of topics. Uh, and the topics we have for you today are the offseason move the Spurs made, whether you like them or not. And, of course, the big one, which we'll touch on later on the show, is the fact that the San Antonio Spurs have yet to release a Fiesta-themed jersey. And you all know, for those of y'all who do not know what that means, it's basically a very vibrant, bright 1990s color. I think it was aqua or uh, orange and, and a kind of a pinkish hue. Um, basically, a lot of fans want that jersey or some sort of iteration of those colors on a jersey. But so far, nothing. So Manny's going to give us his opinion on that. Manny, let's go to dive into this. The San Antonio Spurs did not have a sexy offseason. They didn't get a Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant or make some big whopping trade, but they made a few moves. Now, there's more than a handful, so let's just start off with kind of the big ones, and that is the draft. Uh, The Spurs uh, in the uh, 2019 draft uh, picked uh, Lucas Omanich, Keldon Johnson, and Quindari Weatherspoon. When you heard those three guys being selected, did anybody jump out to you? Did any of these kids say, you know what, that's going to be a lock, he's going to be an all-star, he's going to be a key contributor, or were you kind of, you know what, i got to take a seat and uh, see how this plays out? You know, to be honest with you, it was uh, Keldon Johnson. He was the one that stood out. Uh, you know, he did some pretty good work uh, with uh, with Kentucky and, you know, potentially potentially a draft steal. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't see Dewan Blair coming out. That's a name you haven't heard in a while. But, you know, uh, same thing with Dewan Blair. Nobody saw him in doing the impact, you know, having the impact that he had in his first year. And I kind of feel that, Kel- that Keldon Johnson is going to uh, have the same type of, uh, of impact. He uh, he showed some pretty good spots in uh, in uh, um, a summer league, uh, especially a game against Memphis where he scored over 20. I think it was like 22, 24, something like that. And so he did really well. Uh, I have a feeling more than likely if he's not shipped off to to, to Austin, I think he's going to do some uh, some pretty good things. He actually reminds me, and I was looking at some film on him, and he actually reminds me of a young uh, a young Rudy Gay when he was in UConn, minus mm-hmm. the explosiveness. Minus the explosiveness, Rudy Gay was really explosive, uh, and uh, Kelvin Johnson has that also. But he's got a lot of moves. He's got a lot of good moves, taking it to the hole, and uh, I think that he can uh, he can do something. Well, Kelvin Johnson, uh, he is that athletic, swifty kind of guy. But these kids are, you know, maybe not Weatherspoon as much, but two out of three of the Spurs rookies are teenagers. They're they're kids. They're nineteen years yeah, old. Absolutely. Yeah, um, but one guy that stood out heads above the rest as far as this trio of rookies was actually their last pick, Quindari Weatherspoon, in Las Vegas, in Utah, during the Summer League. Um, were you like the rest of the Spurs uh, fan base, kind of looping the eyes, being like, hold up, wait a minute, who is this kid? Who is this Weatherspoon? Because <laughs> granted, it is, you know, Summer League competition. You know, I'm not going to try to hype him up too much, but he showed something that the other two rookies didn't. Well, when when you look at um, when you look at a uh, um, kind of the uh, type of athleticism that that uh, the Juice had, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, you know what he did in the summer league a couple of uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, and he 
he pretty much, you know, kept us afloat in, in those playoffs after after uh, number two went down. And mm-hmm. he reminded he reminded me a lot of Simmons. He reminded me a lot of him, uh, in, in uh, maybe a, a little bigger, but uh, he uh, he had a lot of that explosiveness too, and and uh, he had a pretty solid game. I think some some work, maybe a little work in the G, maybe might might help him a little bit. But uh, when you have, uh, and, and I know we'll probably touch on this a little bit later, but when you have a uh, you know a Hall of Famer on your on your coaching on on your bench, that's going to help him a lot develop some of those uh, some of those notes, some of those moves. What I liked about Weatherspoon, at least in summer league competition, is one, his, uh, he's not a teenager. He did four years of college, and um, he's well into his 20s now. Um, and, of course, they might call him an old man because he's definitely not that. He's still a young guy, but he has a bigger frame. He, he's been around the game longer than Samonic right. and Johnson have. And he showed that he has, one, a high basketball IQ, and two, he can utilize his frame, and he was able to create his own shot. He was able to get up and down the court, and he's a big kid. I got a chance to meet with him after he was picked by San Antonio in Brooklyn, and one that stood out for me is, well, he's a big dude. He's a bigger guy. When I met Samanich and Kelton Johnson, what stood out for me is like, my God, these guys are pencil thin. You know, they're, they're, they're going to get bullied around. So I think if any of the three rookies – could possibly make an impact with the Spurs next season, albeit we all know they're going to be in Austin in the J League for maybe 95% of the time. And um, Goods, I'm going to preface this right now. You know, you'll probably be one of the thousand of Spurs fans the moment they see Weatherspoon or Simonich or Johnson get the call up and say, okay, NBA championship is locked in. You know, that, that, that ain't going to happen. Okay? That ain't going to happen. They're going to get the, the occasional call up, but that's just simply part of their process. Let's talk about that process, also known as the Spurs player development. It's definitely going to help uh, Kondari because he said it time and time again when I interviewed him about he's looking forward to that development. But you're looking at a guy like Samanich. Now, Samanich was their number one pick overall in the 2019 draft. Were you surprised he was picked with their first pick, uh, that being the Spurs pick? No, not at all. Not not when you see how many European players they they have selected over the years. I mean, you know, two of our Hall of Famers uh, are, are are European players, so it didn't it didn't uh, surprise me at all. Um, I like the I like uh, Luca. He's pretty good. Uh, he's a solid player. A lot of potential. Uh, he he kind of reminds me of Detlef Shrimp a little bit. Do you remember Detlef mm-hmm. Shrimp? He, yes, he reminds do. me a little. Of De- he reminds me a little bit of Detlef Shrimp. Maybe uh, he doesn't have a, a, the post game that Detlef had, but he was able to draw defense. He was able to make plays with passing with his passing skills. Uh, you know, he's got a decent outside shot, and uh, you know, with with uh, Coach Chip uh, England's help, I know that he can probably uh, uh, you know help that stroke a little bit, uh, that follow through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. Um, I, I, I'm with you on the I'm with you on the body. I, he is not, as far as his body is concerned, he is not NBA ready. Um, mm-hmm. Unless they're going to unless they're going to possibly uh, move him to the uh, to the to the two or the, or not even the two the three maybe. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's going up against that's going up against uh, you know light two uh, light threes on, on other teams, which you know the three spot really isn't what it used to be. It's not you know back in the Pippen days or the Sean Kemp days and. You know, it's not it's right. not like that no more as far as the three spot goes. You know, Carmelo's already he's not even in the league right now. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's uh if they have him in that spot, I think uh, you know he's got a lot of potential as well. Um, if he turns out anything like Porzingis or maybe even Dallas's Luca, I think we got a I think we got a uh, we got a good spot there, a, a good shining star there. Yeah, you look at Luca and now his advantage is that he's coming into at least 
the NBA slash G League with playing uh, professionally overseas, uh, unlike Kelton Johnson at the collegiate level and, of course, the Weatherspoon at the collegiate level as well. So he's already been playing in pro leagues uh, outside of the United States. So that should help Luca in his development. And now uh, Luca, he is, you know, he, he likely could do it all. You know, he compared himself to Andre Karolenko. That's who he said he patterns his game off of. And he went as far as saying, like, you know, Kevin Durant in there. So I, I – I, I need to see that first, Luca, before I jump on that bandwagon. But AK-47, Andre Karolinko, yeah, I mean, that, that'd that be a great comparison. Um, that as is well. not Tony, bad at all. Yeah, Tony Kukoc, I mean, that's another guy that pops in my mind, you know, that I think um, he could also be, you know, at least fit that mold. Uh, but there you go. So those are your three rookies. Now, another the uh, offseason move the Spurs made um, was Damari Carroll. Uh, they picked him up uh, out of uh, Brooklyn. Your thoughts when you heard the Spurs signed Damari Carroll? You know, to be honest with you, when it comes to, um, you know, you look at the game of basketball and you have, uh, you know, everybody, it's all about the dunks or it's all about the shot and it's all about, you know, you know, those real sexy things about the, about offenses. But, you know, when it comes to the little things, the grinders, the, the ones that are, you know, that are rough riders that go out there, you know, Damari Carroll is one of those guys. And you know he he has uh, he's shown that in uh, in uh, in Brooklyn he uh, he showed that in Atlanta uh, he he's shown that in different places so it was a pretty good move now at that time you know I mean I was really hoping that Morris would have been with us we'll talk about that in a minute but uh, you know getting him regardless I think of partnering up with uh, with Demar Derozan and and Lamarcus Aldridge I think that will help the front line you know tremendously especially on the defensive end and that's something that you know. Uh, that the Spurs have, have have it's been a challenge for the Spurs in the last few years as far as the defense. But with Demar Carroll, I, I, I like the move. It's a good move. Yeah, he's a three and D guy, and that's the guy yeah, exactly. the Spurs lacked last season. Uh, somebody who could not play perimeter defense, especially at the three spot. Uh, and um, you know, Rudy Gay, you know, he only played what sixty nine uh, regular season games due to injury and the rest and whatnot. So. The Spurs needed a little bit more durability at that spot, and that's where Damari Carroll comes in. Um, he, he can knock down the three. He can play some defense. He's going to boost that Spurs bench, um, depending on matchup situation. You know, I mean, all signs are pointing to Rudy Gay starting, but, I mean, not a bad backup by having Damari Carroll coming off that bench for the Spurs. If there is no uh, sign that all Spurs fans uh, needed to see what, type or what aspect of the team they needed to address in the offseason, that's defense. Uh, they they went for it in DeMario Carroll, and they got him. They went for it in, in Marcus Morris, uh, but unfortunately, you know, that fell apart. But the point is, is that the common thread in the offseason has been defense. We saw last year, sometimes the defense just gave up. You look at that blown lead versus Chicago in San Antonio. Look what happened in Toronto. You, you know, they couldn't hold back uh, the Raptors, and they blew that game. And it just came down to defense. So the Spurs are definitely trying to address the defensive end in the offseason. Now, uh, speaking of defense, Marcus Morris. Uh, look, look, man, we're not going to rehash what happened. I think all Spurs fans know exactly what happened. But <laughs> are you going to give him the business when he comes to San Antonio, that game one in San Antonio? Oh, absolutely! You have to. I mean, it, it doesn't. Uh, you know, one of my partners, one of my one of my partners is a big Knicks fan, so I definitely have to do it even more. It just adds to it. But uh, you know, it, I, I I understand. You know, the whole market thing. If that's the case, if that's the reason, then that's poor. You know, but 
learning and, and, and being part of a great culture, a championship culture, giving you something that you really hadn't been around. Not granted, Boston, don't get me wrong, Boston's, you know, pretty good too, but, you know, you've never been coached by, by, by somebody like Pop. So I, I thought that that was a pretty, uh, I think it was a mistake royally. Uh, you know, the, the Knicks right now are, they're, uh, they're lottery bound pretty much for the next couple of years. And it's just, it's, it's just sad. It's sad that he chose that, but you know what? <laughs> hey, it's all right. We're, we're going to get the W's on both meetings. So I'm not even worried about it with them. And they're not going to, they're not yeah. going to meet anybody in the playoffs. Oh, there's that. And now look, you, you know, there's something up when Rich Paul himself has to go on national TV and say that he had nothing to do with, uh, Marcus Morris' decision to leave San Antonio. Uh, uh, he made it, um, Rich Paul, an interview with ESPN, made it very clear that that was his former client's decision to spurn the Spurs. <laughs> now, there is there is this matter, Manny, and it's simply this. If it's just simply business, as you brought up, and it's strictly business, no feelings, then business-wise, nobody signed pen to paper, the Spurs nor the nor uh, Marcus Morris. If you're looking in that narrow scope, do you still give him a pass? Or are you still upset considering he gave a verbal commitment? Well, um, it's similar to the uh, to to what Jordan did to the Clippers that year, <laughs> but not, <laughs> not 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 to that extent. But it's still it's still a little scoldy. But to be honest with you. Uh, there's going to be some petty grudges. Everybody's going to have it towards him. Yeah. And I know that this, this year is going to be really fun when it comes to that. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, we can't really, uh, especially for a guy like that. Kawhi, that's a different story. That, 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 yeah, that that's thing a is a hell of a lot worse. So, uh, yeah. so I, I, it's not, Marcus Morris is not, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. He's a solid, he's a solid defensive player. Got a decent shot. Uh, but it's nothing really that I, I'm not going to worry about too much. Well, man, I mean, had he just kept to that commitment and, uh, you know, the Spurs, you know, got him uh, in uniform and you, you just knew something was up because they traded away Bertons. You know, that in itself made it seem like, okay, Morris is on the way. He's he's coming. You know, they got rid of Davis. You know, he's going to Washington now to make space for Morris. And boom, went, you know, and he turned tail and decided to go for the payday in New York. And that's the part that bothered me the most is that we actually were 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 making the room for him and uh, for him to do that. I mean, it's just a it's just a you know it's a character thing. But it is like I said before, it is what it is. You know, a lot of luck in New York. It ain't gonna do much. You know, you're still gonna be in the lottery. You're, you're, maybe he, maybe that's just it, Jeff. Maybe he really wanted a summer off. And if he comes to the Spurs, he ain't gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he got his wish granted by signing in New York. Um, exactly. Now. Not technically an off-season move, but in a sense it is. Um, the return of DeJounte Murray, um, after almost not playing for an, an entire NBA uh, entire year, calendar year, um, he is back. He's fully recovered from his off-season, I mean, sorry, last season's knee surgery, and the doctors have cleared him, the Spurs have cleared him to go you know, like a bat out of hell in practice now, and it's it's showtime for him. So in an, in an essence, it is an addition uh, to the Spurs uh, in this offseason. They're getting back their starting point guard. Now, I get it. You know, he's young. He's, he's, his star is on the rise. But if you look at his numbers, his career numbers, they don't really scream all-star, do they? Well, um in fairness, though, you know he was backing up Parker, you know, for a little while there, and he—I mm-hmm. don't think he really got—he get, he really got as much of the touches that he could have gotten, obviously. And you know, um, 
Pop is kind of reserved as far as when he's going to play his young guys. So it, it's not it's not uh, that surprising. Uh, but he is an impactful guy. He can impact the game, uh, whether it's with defense. I mean, his wingspan is ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he can cause some trouble, especially at that at that point guard position. And even if he decides to switch to the two and guard somebody like Clay Thompson, he, he can disrupt a lot of that rhythm. So I think that he's uh, uh, he is an impactful player in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm sure that uh, now that he that, that Parker is not there anymore and Mon is not there anymore, uh, you know, that's going to open up a lot of things for him. And uh, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of Marlon Wayans on Mo Money. I, I, so I've nicknamed him Mo Money. <laughs> that, that's who I've nicknamed him. But anyway. Well, uh, well, well, but, let, go ahead. Uh, no, but uh, yeah. So now that he's got now that he's got the uh, the entire season and he's completely healthy. I think that it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, uh, even more of a learning uh, learning time for him, and I think he's going to do pretty well. Well, now let's talk about his return. Now uh, we know what he can do. Um, he's you know he's one of the better rebounding guards in the league. Um, mm-hmm. He can flash in the basket, but he doesn't really have that outside shot. And again, I'm not trying to rain on the parade. I'm not. I'm I'm just trying to be realistic about this. You know, um, you know he is athletic. He's young. You know, but I think Spurs fans should really be excited for his return, but at the same time, you know, keep this in the back of your mind, and their mind is this, is that he's coming off a surgically repaired uh, season for his knee. And I think I need to see him, how he comes back. Will he come back to form? Is he going to be, uh, you know, hesitant? Will Pop kind of rein him in a little bit until he truly, you know, feels that he's 100%. Do you think Spurs fans are maybe jumping again a little bit in the sense of, oh, no, DeJounte Murray, he's coming back, all-star, you know, confirmed, he's going to be a West all-star? Or do you think maybe, just maybe, take a deep breath and let's just see where the young kid stands? Yeah, absolutely. You definitely got to take a deep breath and see where, where he stands. You, you don't want to put that kind of pressure on him, especially, you know, you, you know now that, like you said, you know, coming back from, from that kind of surgery. So, you know, you do want to ease him into it, and I'm pretty sure that Pop's actually going to pull him back when he tries to get a little too crazy. The benefit <laughs> that they have right the benefit that they have right now um, is that this is no longer a super team league right now at this moment. Now it's more like an NBA Jam League where you got two two top players and that's it, and then a bunch of role players. Yeah. So, so that's kind of evened out the the it's kind of even out that landscape for everybody. So it gives him a pretty good chance to, um, to go against a uh, uh, solid competition. Uh, it, he's still going to be tested all the time in the West. So uh, it's going to be a good test for him. They have to, they, ha- they really have to pace his progress because if, if he's going to do anything, it's going to be in the playoffs. And if, if uh, you learn anything from Derek White, I mean, the, the playoffs create stars. So yeah. it's, it's it's one of those things that they're just going to have to pace themselves, and Spurs fans know that. I mean, we've had we've had a lot of uh, players like that uh, ourselves, so it's uh, it's nothing new. We're, we're just going to you know support the kid and, and 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 wish him nothing but the best. But he's a dang good he's a dang good player. Now I know you question his shot, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe not as much, but it's going to probably be a Ben Simmons type of year for him when Ben Simmons took that year off and then he came for, and then I think what he either won rookie of the year, he got co-rookie of the year, something like that. But, uh, you know, it's going to probably be similar to that. Maybe not as, uh, he's not as big as, as Ben Simmons. So there's going to be some, some, you know, offset there, but the kid, the, the kid has talent and he does not have a shot. No, but he can take it to the hole and he can create offense with his defense. 
So there are some upsides to him. He's just going to need a lot more. He's going to need a lot of work and, and a lot of pacing as far as the season goes. We are talking with Manny Pena, uh, co-host of The Goods Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at The Goods Podcast. Manny, what grade would you give this Spurs offseason? Uh, honestly, I'd probably give him a B plus. Honestly, I, I give him a B plus. I think re-signing Rudy Gay was a great uh, move since he proved that he still had a lot left in the tank. Uh, one of my favorite players since back in the days at UConn and Memphis. Um, if, he's, if he can stay healthy, um, he can uh, easily make that same kind of impact that, that uh, Andre Iguodala did for, for uh, Golden State. So uh, I like that move. Uh, it's good to see Lonnie Walker back. Uh, I hope that mm-hmm. he, can actually, he can actually do something as well. I always think that his hair is messing up his rhythm on his shot. That's just me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, too too, too top-heavy. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to let's braid it down like, you know, like what Kid and Play did for Class Act or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. Well, I, hey, I, you know, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm right there with that. I think a good B is, in my opinion, just a B is, is a good uh, grade for me. But go ahead. Okay. Hiring Tim Duncan as a coach, that yeah, that is, that is going to bring a new type of energy to the team. I mean, the professionalism he brings, the knowledge he has from all the experience against, play, against playing against a lot of these modern-day players. Now, that, that, that's something that a lot of people can't really say. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's a, you know, you got Kidd out there, you know, as an assistant coach, but he's played with more of that era. Tim Duncan has actually played against, you know, Durant. He's played against Harden. He has played against all of these yeah. guys. So and and going through the wars that he had with Russell Westbrook and and then and I, at Oklahoma City, I think that that is going to help a lot on the bench and it's going to he's going to be a real extension to Pop that the players are going to le- need to to relate, you know, as, as far as what the Spurs culture is, especially the new guys. So and and the arena is just going to be crazy when when they announce him as coach. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when, especially in media day, when he has to do his rounds. Um, it was the first time as a coach. I think that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, the, the Spurs offseason, as uh, many uh, wrapped up right now with the other additions, um, was all in all pretty good. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't dynamite. It wasn't, you know, breaking news. But it's enough to keep the Spurs in contention and possibly, possibly be that team that no uh, upper crust team in the West would want to face in the upcoming uh, playoffs for the 2020 playoffs, that is. Uh, in a second, uh, we're going to continue our talk with uh, Manny Pena, and, uh, and it's, uh, I'll just say it right now, Fiesta jerseys, all right? We're going to be talking about Fiesta jerseys. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back, and I'm joined by Manny Pena, co-host of The Goods Podcast. Follow it on Twitter, at The Goods Podcast. All right, so right before the break, uh, pretty much talked about a very big topic that's been, you know, irritating Spurs fans for years now, and that is the lack of a Fiesta-themed Spurs alt jersey for a season. 
We know they give the camo jerseys. Why? Military appreciation. And uh, you get the black one, you get the white one, and Spurs fans are like, okay, that's good, but we want something different. As of this recording, there has been no report or no leak or nothing like that uh, if the Spurs will have a Fiesta jersey. Now, Manny, I, I throw this at you at first, okay, to get your reaction. What's the big deal if they don't get one or not? Seriously, what is the big deal, Manny? Well, it's um, it's a big deal in this sense. Miami Miami Heat have Miami Vice jerseys. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not even that's that that is a TV show that highlighted their city. Great. Well, guess what? Fiesta highlights us, and a majority of the playoffs when they start happen during Fiesta. And when you have those uh, when you have those shots in the, on the cameras, whether it's ESPN, TNT, no matter what, they're always highlighting the Riverwalk and all of this fiesta stuff going on so absolutely absolutely it should we should have our fiesta jerseys now over here in san antonio obviously you know we, we call them the taco cabana colors that's what we call them mm-hmm. but uh but uh you know it, it it is a symbol of who we were back then especially in david's days in in, in the admiral's days and mm-hmm. you know it's something that we don't forget it's something that we take pride in and you know if uh if you have these city editions of jerseys that, that the NBA is making, you know, you got Detroit with the Motor City in the front. You got Utah with the old Music Note logo. You got, uh, mm-hmm. GS, uh, you got Golden State with the Bay. And, you know, you don't have, you don't have that, that San Antonio Fiesta. Now, granted, you're absolutely correct. It is military city, so they do represent that with the camel, black and silver camel. But it's not the same. We want, we want something else you know, as far as an alternate, an alternate jersey. And I think the Fiesta colors are the way to go, especially if they're home jerseys. Absolutely. Yeah, and look, the Spurs have made overtures uh, to address the Spurs fans' um, demand. They've had T-shirt giveaways of the uh, Spurs uh, <laughs> 90s colors. They've, yeah. uh, we've seen the Spurs players rock the gear and on their sneakers on their, or a cap or whatever. Um, but the, the organization itself has never given the jersey that Spurs fans want. Now, I'm of the opinion of this, Manny. If they do ever trot out a Fiesta-themed Spurs jersey, I don't want it to be overboard because as cool and as retro as those 90 colors are, they can be very distracting if it's just too much. <laughs> That's very true. You're very right. Give me a uh... – Give me a, a solid, uh, maybe a solid aqua color with pink trim and, you know, something like that, um, white and pink trim around or, you know, some black uh, framing around the around the Spurs logo or the Spurs uh, uh, name, you know, something like that. It doesn't have to go all, all, all crazy, but, you know, just something easy, something, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, has a little bit of those colors, whether it's the whole jersey itself, the trim, the letters, whatever the case may be. If they do not bring out the Spurs um, jersey that all the, Sp- all the Spurs fans want, that retro uh, look, well, do you think Spurs fans will ever give up? Or is it a sign from the organization to the fan base that, you know what, it ain't gonna, ever going to happen? The, uh, the the heart that San Antonio has, they'll never give up. It'll, it'll always be a topic <laughs> of discussion. Uh, you know, we're a very proud city, and, uh, you know, we uh, – we have our our, our uh, pro sports team, and it's the it's the it's the one we got that that's made us a global that's put us on the map, if you want to say. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, we take a lot. We got to take a lot of pride in it. And San Antonio has a lot of that. So yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's going to be a topic of discussion all the time until it happens. 
Yeah, look, you know, uh, again, the season hasn't started yet. Uh, for, you know, who knows? You know, the Spurs can just surprise everybody and the whole entire fan base and by announcing a jersey is coming out. Uh, and so, yay, it'll be over. And, and part of me is part of it just wants it just to be over because I'm tired of hearing Spurs fans complain all the time. Because <laughs> I remember last season, last season I was at a, I had a source uh, with the NBA uh, store out of New York City, and uh, he had told me um, days or months in, in advance that, you know, it's just going to be the, the camo jersey. And I was like, oh, no. You know, it's like right away I knew Spurs were not going to like that. But, of course, you know, you, you really can't reveal and say, oh, it's this person and this person. You can't leak it because, you know, the community is so tight. They're going to leak it back to you. They're going to say, hey, what's your problem? What are you doing, you know? Um, but um, so far I haven't heard anything as far as this season is concerned. If they are going to bring a Fiesta-themed jersey, Fiesta-color-themed jersey uh, this season. Uh, but, hey. They do have those promotional nights, and there's there's a couple of nights in there that kind of make you scratch your head and make you wonder, hmm, is this the night they do it, or are they going to announce it for this particular <laughs> theme night? Uh, we shall see. But I'm not holding my breath, Manny, are you? No, no, I'm not, to be honest with you. I mean, I think the, the closest we got are the, you know, the bootleggers around the city. That would be the closest thing we got. <laughs> I think the AT&T Center at the shop does have retro-looking jerseys. Though. I think they're like third-party um, people make them, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think, think so. they are. I, I, yeah. think seen, I think I've seen a, a few. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of third-party made Fiesta-themed jerseys at the AT&T Center fan shop. So if you're at the AT&T Center, make sure to go check it out and uh, pick yourself up a, a jersey. So as far as that is concerned, and at this moment, because that is the closest you're going to get to it, because I really hope the next time I jump on Lockdown Spurs is to announce that they made the, the Fiesta-themed jersey. But as of now, it ain't going to happen. Would you? You're dropping money if they do make it, though, right? Oh, absolutely! You got to, especially if, it, especially if it's, if it's uh, Robinson or Gervin, you got to go that route if you're going to do those. I know, and you, you, you look at that too. You're like, if anything, maybe just if they don't want to do the jersey, then give us the retro court. Would that be a happy middle? Yeah, that's you know a little bit of a compromise there. That's fine. I mean that that also has uh, has happened at other at other locations. You know, De- Denver has the has the retro. Utah has the retro. Yeah, we can go retro on the court. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. You think that's a nice compromise? Are you still demanding that Fiesta themed jersey? Oh man, um, I would probably I would probably still demand the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I figured. It. All right. Um, we're going to continue our talk uh, with uh, Manny Pena of the Goods Podcast. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are talking with Manny Pena of The Goods Podcast. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at The Goods Podcast. Uh, One more time, Manny, uh, you mentioned in the intro that you all do retro and nostalgia and 90s and 80s stuff on your show. And you have a video uh, YouTube uh, show as well. I don't think you gave out the link for that. Um, it is um, 
uh, youtube.com uh, forward slash the goods podcast or uh, yeah the goods podcast it is on youtube you can just go to search uh, and just search the goods podcast and we will uh, pop up and uh, you'll see all sorts of different content all uh, probably four or five six different shows that we do we also have uh, uh, rants and you know where we're just ranting off about whatever no intro no editing just a flat out rant uh, there's also um, uh, Reviews. Uh, Terrence and I uh, sometimes do, uh, do reviews on certain movies. Uh, we're actually uh, um, working on another show that we that we also have. Uh, you don't hate that movie, where we actually defend movies that normally get a bad rap. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll be we'll be uh, filming uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine. That'll be coming out pretty soon. We'll get to get ready for the ho- uh, for the Halloween season. So we're we're gonna probably be working on that pretty soon. So yeah, good 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 stuff there. I nominate uh, Jason X. Or Jason in Space. I, I just don't understand that one. Never understood it. Yeah, I don't know if I'll defend that one. <laughs> that, that's hard. You uh, felt like a, a cyborg, a cyborg woman, something like we that. We have a, we 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 have ones that we won't ever ever touch, like Batman and Robin. That I will never defend Batman and Robin, no matter what. So there are certain <laughs> titles that will never be on that show. Um, but uh, uh, top five's coming up. Uh, we're filming. We're filming that one tomorrow. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of. Uh, I, I just. I cannot wait to do uh, the review with you in mind when I do Rise of Skywalker. That's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, God. You know this is this, that movie's going to be the first Star Wars movie. I am not going to go for opening day, opening second day, or the week. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait it out. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not excited. I'm you not. Give it a chance, Jeff. You got to give it a chance. Uh, I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you know, I'm going to. I'll go. Uh, you know, when the hype dies down. Um, you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to more of the Force Friday or the Mandalorian or Cassian or or, or things like that. But, but as, as far as this current trilogy, I'm I, I gave up. Last Jedi killed it for me. Yes, I know. We, we all know, Jeff. <laughs> yes, we all know. Yes, but let's go ahead and uh, talk about the Spurs real fast before I get on my soapbox. Um, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are a month away, just one month away. Manny, are you excited? Oh, absolutely, and 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 just the fact that that you have uh, it, it is so even. I, I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about is that it is so even. Even the West, you know, there are some things that every, there are some teams that everybody's kind of overhyping. I, I honestly don't believe that the chemistry for the Lakers is going to be all that. I'm not really that. I, I, I you know, I, I know LeBron's a great player, and and, and uh, Anthony Davis is, is good, but there's just something about the chemistry that is I just don't think that it's going to be there you know honestly uh the same thing with uh with Houston uh there D'Antoni's uh not into the defense so that's going to play a part in the playoffs they might be a great regular season team but during the playoffs it's not going to be all that I think the Spurs are going to be consistent through the whole thing they're going to have some growing pains obviously with the new guys and all that but because it's so even Spurs have a really good shot really good shot to even possibly get to the top three seeds. Uh, you know, I see them actually uh, probably around the a four, honestly. Um, that, that's where I see them maybe possibly a three. Uh, but uh, they, they can do it. They, 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 have, they have the talent. They have the coaching experience. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, I'm very excited. Well, Mano Ginobili recently said in the interview with ESPN that he doesn't think the Spurs are uh, a top six team in the league. He thinks they're uh, at least an eight in the league, which if you break it down, that means that means in the West they're kind of high. So, but as overall, he he doesn't think that they're a top six team. So, 
he definitely lit a few fires under uh, Spurs fans uh, who who felt it right in the heart. Say, no, Manu, how dare you say that? But we'll see. You know, he played with the Spurs for quite some time. Maybe he sees something we don't. But no, I. Yeah, I, I do hope the Spurs, uh, you know, do well. I, I don't buy the hype that they're not going to make the playoffs because I think they will. I don't buy the hype that they're not going to get 50 because they will get 50 wins. And I do believe that the fact that the Spurs will be there when it's said and done, and I would not be surprised if this Spurs team upsets an upper uh, crust team in the West in that opening round. I, I think if anybody – would react otherwise. I'd be saying, have you not been following the Spurs uh, since Popovich has been the coach? You know, this is not surprising. So, hey, you know what? I'm 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 ready for the season. Kind of. I'm not ready to work more, but I'm ready for the season. So uh, we'll see more. Okay, one more time, Manny. Uh, where can f- uh, fans follow you on social media? Um, you can follow us at uh, at the Goods Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we are also uh, at the Goods Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can actually watch our shows on uh, on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash the goods. Yeah, hit us up, please comment, let us know, talk talk to us. We we want we want all the feedback. We want it all. I, I have fun with you, Jeff. I like I, I like I like going back and forth with you on Twitter. It's awesome. It is fun. It's a great time to, uh, to follow uh, Manny, and especially with the first season right around the corner and Halloween season is the best time to follow Manny on Twitter at The Goods Podcast. So for Manny Pena, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.